this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We've been talking the last, I don't know, a few weeks, months maybe about the things called the world. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 5, and I'm, I'm kind of getting to a place where I think we're getting close to being done with this. The Lord just stirring some things up with me. 1 Corinthians 5. But when we talk about the world, guys, and, and we've given us a picture of the world, it's not just about a location. It's not just about a, a group of people or the material things of this world. But there's a definitely a spiritual system, a spiritual force behind the things of this world. And the answer to that is called the devil, okay? that The world is his masterpiece, whether we like to think that or not. And his goal is to capture man's heart. His goal is to, to get our allegiance to turn from God in any way he can. And he will use the things of the world to distract us. Care whatever you think, as he'll use those things. Once again, is there something wrong with the things of this world? No. Except when they start dominating me or they get me where I lose my focus on the things of God. Care who you are. First Corinthians 5, where we're going to start talking tonight. You know, the Bible's very clear for each one of us that we're to pick up our cross daily and follow Christ. It's very difficult for us to pick up our cross when our idols are that of comfort, pleasure, and entertainment. And I believe that's where our society's at right now. Man, we are some pampered folk. How many of you have been without a shower for a day? Man, we whine and pout and cry. I've been there. We're so used to comfort. And then... Man, we, we, we love to be entertained. We love pleasure. But is it at the expense of not taking up our cross and following Him? 1 Corinthians 5, and this is kind of the Apostle Paul's take on some things. Begin with me in verse 9. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Now, when you read the Bible on that stuff, sexually immoral stuff, Judge it by the Word of God. Don't judge it by humanity. Don't judge it by the TV, okay? Because you know what the TV will say? It's all right. What's wrong with it? Everybody's doing it. I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's when God starts telling you it's wrong. Don't hang out with sexually immoral people. Now, I'll just break that down for you real quick. If you're not married and you're in any sexual activity with somebody, you're a fornicator in God's eyes. Okay? But the world says, oh, no, 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 you're okay. If you're having any sexual activities outside of your marriage, you're an adulterer in God's eyes, okay? You can throw darts at me all day long. I don't care. This is what the Bible says, okay? We've got to hear this stuff, guys. Don't get nervous. You either say amen or oh me. Craptacular. This is the Bible, okay? I didn't write it. I still got to obey it, but I'm going to preach it, okay? Thank you for giving me permission. Verse 10. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world. That's interesting. He says, don't be around sexually immoral people, but then he says, don't be, or, or not yet, or not certainly, the people that are sexually immoral of this world. So what was he talking about? Well, the Amplified says it, 
Not meaning, of course, that you should altogether shun the immoral people of the world. So what's he talking about? Well, let's read it all in verse 10, the whole thing. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually moral people of this world, or with the covetous, or the extortioners, the idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. We would need to get away from society. Now, in John 17, 15, Jesus' prayer was, Father, don't take them out of the world, just keep them from the evil one. So when I read this here, it's very clear from Paul's words that we're not totally to get away from the people of the world. I'm to be around people of the world. I'm to associate with the people of the world, even where you work at. We're not to dodge them. Now, where's that biblically? Well, John 3, 16, God so loved the world, the people of the world. And then in Mark 16, 15, he charged me and you to go into all the world. What's the world? It's the people of the world. So just what was he talking about here? Keep reading. Verse 11. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Ooh. And you know what he says right there when he talks about a brother? He means a fellow believer. Someone that bears the name Christian. How about this? Immoral people who claim to be Christians. This is what he was talking about. And we say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Keep reading. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually moral or covetous or is an idolater or reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, nor even to eat with such a a person. That's interesting that he'd say this. So when I look at that list, I mean, that, that probably defines quite a few of us or has before in our lives right there, okay? So just what was he talking about? Well, the goal for every one of us in this room, if I am a so-called believer and I am operating in one of those categories right there that he's talking about, the goal is for the church to restore you. The goal of the church is saying, hey, you're living in sin. And you know what? The church would say, don't judge me, don't judge me. Now, wait a minute. This is exactly what he told us to do. The only way a believer can be restored from these areas is through strict discipline. To have somebody speak into your life where you become accountable and look at you and say, you're living in sin. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. And I didn't like it. But you know what? I had two choices. I could heed what this guy told me, or I was going to have to fight, and I couldn't whip him, guys. He was big. Golly. I mean, he's been one of those guys, I just hit him in the head with a baseball bat. But I knew he loved me, number one. That's, that's the key, guys. When we're able to go up to someone that's living in sexual sin, and they know your heart, my heart is not to condemn you. My heart is to help you. But what he's telling us here, if they will not heed corrective counseling, then they got to go. Now, can you imagine this in our church in America? you got to go. You're either going to get right or you got... Oh, we can't do that in our churches. But listen, we're not doing anybody a favor by patting them on the back and saying, it's okay, 
God understands? Are you kidding me? God doesn't understand. God looks at it and says, you're either going to obey this or you're not. Okay? Now, this is tough at times. I mean, people squirm on stuff like this. Don't, don't throw stones at me, okay? I, I didn't specifically call your name. However, if the shoe fits, wear it. Okay? You guys that have been coming to church here and visitors, understand this. You all know that I love you, I'm for you, I'm going to preach the word, and I can stand before you and I can tell you there's several of these categories right here. That was me way back, okay? There's no doubt. They, these were me. Keep reading with me, verse 12. For what have I to do with judging also, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Now, what's he talking about? Those who are outside are the people of the world. Those who are inside are the ones that are believers or so-called Christians. Now, look what he goes on to say in verse 13. But those who are outside or the world, God will judge them. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. So when I read this, this is abiding principle for God's people. What happens many times in our life, guys, is when we get born again, if we're not strong enough in God, we get around people that are still doing stuff that we used to do, and I'm not strong enough to overcome it in my own, so I go back and I fall in. On the flip side, when people are in the church that don't live for God and they allow sin to dominate them, once again, you do them no favor by saying it's okay. This, this, let, me, let me just share this with you. On Monday, I did a funeral, guys, and, and sometimes I, 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 I hate doing funerals. And the reason I say I hate them is because when I, when I don't know where people are going eternally, man, it wears me out. What do you mean you don't know where they're going? I don't know if they've received Jesus or not. And I did one of those on Monday. And I'm looking at this lady in the casket, and I'm hearing people console the family, and they're saying, hey, it's okay, she's in a better place. And every time they would say that, I'd look at them like, see, here's what's happened to our society. We have the mentality that everybody's going to heaven. I can tell you this right now, guys, not everybody's going to heaven. And what scares me is when there's no God in people's lives. There's no reference of God. And so guess what at these funerals? They want me to get up there and tell everybody in there in heaven. You know what? I wouldn't do it. Now, I'm not the judge, but I've done funerals before where I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. So you know what I did? This lady, her time on this place called earth, it's expired. It's over. Nothing she can do now, guys. She is in her eternal forever home. But I had an audience of a bunch of them that were still breathing. So I went to work on them. And I began to preach Jesus, guys. And I said, listen, only you will decide your eternal destination. Once again, sin does nobody any good. For us to sit around and play church and say, kumbaya, let's just love on each other. We could, Listen, guys, we've got to start heeding what the Bible said. Now go back with me to 1 John 2. Boy, I'm not getting very far. 1 John chapter 2. 
This has been one of our main texts. And so when we talk about this thing called the world and all the things we've talked about, we, we have this mentality, there, there has to be a limit or a line drawn in the sand of just how far can I tread into the world and not be contaminated by it. And a lot of times we, we have this mentality, it's a certain number or a certain figure. Well, let me tell you, it's not a number, it's not a figure. You know what that is? That's bondage. That's what happened in the Old Testament. God doesn't say, you can only do this da-da-da-da times, okay? Now, in this passage, there's going to be a key for every one of us that will show us how we understand how far we can go in the world and not be contaminated by it. 1 John 2, verse 15. Now, do not love the world is the subtitle above it. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, the world right here, guys, is not talking about the makeup of this place. It's talking about the evil that's operating in this place called the world under the dominion of Satan. And look how he defines the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, you can bet this. Anytime your little flesh is lusting after something, anytime your eyes are lusting after something, anytime there's pride in your life that ultimately says, I don't need God, I can do this on my own, you can always bet the world has got its claw in you somewhere. No matter who you are. He goes on to say, And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world, this place we know, this system is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, there's some nuggets right there, guys. He said, he who does the will of God. We have, have made eternity a one-time prayer, one-time confession. Do I believe that that's how you get born again? There's no doubt. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you'll believe in the heart and confess with the mouth, you'll be saved. If that was all there was to it, then why did he say this right here? He who does the will of God. You know what the will of God is? Number one, that I don't sin. Number two, when I do sin, I repent. Man, it bothers me. I don't want to do those things. Now we're treading into some new area. Verse 18. Keep reading. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. When he talks about the last hour, he's talking about the end of this age. How do you know it's the end of this age? Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that this is the last hour. Okay? And keep reading. He's going to tell us some things about all this Antichrist stuff. Verse 19. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that none of them were of us. Now really what he's talking about here, these were false Christ. These were false prophets. These were ones that at one time professed certain things about Jesus, but they went ahead and took off. Now right here, John identifies them, and this will help all of us. The Antichrist are those who are, are working in the world that are deceitful, that discourage, and that are divisive. When you see people that discouraged, that are divisive, 
and that are destructive within the body of Christ, they got the spirit of the Antichrist on them. Can I give you a little tidbit here today? Don't ever go to a church that's been birthed out of a split. You know why? Because it was divisive. And that spirit that started that will stay right there. Okay? You say, well, how'd this church start, guys? It didn't, church by a, didn't start by a split. You can repent for that stuff, but anytime you see divisive stuff, understand the devil's always involved in that. He loves to divide. Think about your home, man. He wants to divide. He wants to divide your children. Anything he can. This is the tidbit I want to get to right here. Verse 20. But you have an anointing, an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now the answer that John right here gives us is so simple that today we have a hard time believing it. Read it again. But you have an anointing, an unction, wisdom from the Holy One, and you know all things. Look in verse 27. i got to get there tonight. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And is true and is not a lie. And just as it's taught you, you will abide in Him. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit becomes my safeguard. The Holy Spirit will be the one that will teach you. The Holy Spirit will be the one that warns you. I'm going to tell you guys, we haven't, we haven't taught on the Holy Spirit like we need to. We've almost ex- uh, acted within the church that he doesn't exist no more, that we don't need him no more. You know, we do pretty good without him. No, we don't. No, we don't. Now, you want to know when you start treading too far in the world, I believe the Holy Spirit will warn you. I've been in places in my life before, and I've heard the Spirit of the Lord say, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I've been watching stuff on TV, and I've sensed the Lord right there through the Spirit of God say, turn the channel, turn the channel. I wish I could tell you every time I heeded it. There's times in my life, I ain't turning the channel. I've got the remote. He's got the remote. He's got the power. <laughs> and then guess what happens? Something comes on there, and I look and say, oh, my gosh, I, I violated the Holy Spirit. You know what I do when I do that? I repent. I repent, guys. It's very important that we study the Holy Spirit. We study what Jesus said. Now, just in saying that, go with me to John 16. John 16, and I want you to see this here tonight. I know I'm moving fast. Man, we've got to get to a place where we understand this, that once again, the Holy Spirit will safeguard us. He'll safeguard us. We're going to John 16. In John, um, oh, goodness, John 8. No, I'll think of it here in just a minute. Romans 8. We're going to John 16. Romans 8, uh, verse... 14 says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 8, 16 says the Spirit of God himself will bear witness with my spirit. So guess what happens? The Holy Spirit will move on the inside of you guys. He won't write in cursive in the sky. Don't do that, stupid. He won't write on the sand and say, go this way. He will bear witness with my heart. How does that happen? 
The only way you get to know someone in natural life is you hang out with them. The way I got to know my wife is I spent a lot of time with her. That's the same way with the Holy Spirit. The more time I spend around Him, the more I hear Him, the more I understand Him, and the more I lean on Him. Now, this may be foreign to some of you, okay? There's nothing weird or goofy about the Holy Spirit. He's not spooky natural, okay? That's not Him. I tell you, if it's spooky, it isn't Him. He's a perfect gentleman. John 16. Verse 5. Now, now, the subtitle of this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Not the work of mankind, the work of the Holy Spirit. But now I go away. Jesus talking, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where you're going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now, he's been with the disciples for over three years. He tells them, boys, I'm checking out. They're like, where are you going? Verse uh, 6. Because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus' words, it is to your advantage or advantageous that, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You know who the helper was? The Holy Spirit. Now when you talk about the Holy Spirit, there's probably more than this, but there's, there's seven main characteristics of the Holy Spirit. He's our advocate. That means he'll represent you in a court of law. He's our counselor. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our intercessor. He's our strengthener. And he's our standby. That's exactly what that word help means. Isn't it interesting? Two times in the Bible, Father God said to men, boys, you need some help. Number one, I'm going to send you a wife because you guys don't get it. You're stupid between the ears. You need a wife. And I said, yes, I do. The second time he said you need help was through the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm telling you, we've got to heed this stuff. Keep reading with me. Verse 8. And when he, listen, listen to what he said. When he, he did not refer to the Holy Spirit as it. He's not an it. He's a he. He's the third head of the, the Trinity. Okay? And when he, this Holy Spirit, has come, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin. He'll still do that with me, guys. When I start treading on some things that I shouldn't be doing, He'll convict me. If, if you do something where even if I exaggerate the truth, He'll convict me. It happened today. I said something in the office, and man, bang, I could feel it. Not ugly, not slapping me, but just that little, little nudge, that gentleness in me. And I looked at, at Sydney and I said, no, 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 that's not totally the truth. I exaggerated a little bit. And she kind of looked at me like, why are you telling me that, Pastor? Well, the Holy Spirit, he, it's kind of like a, a cow prod. And when I heat it real quick, he's real gentle with me. Sometimes, you know what he does? He's got to pop me on the head and say, Dang, you got a head of bricks, boy, listen. But he doesn't love it, okay? Let me keep going, we've got to get here. So he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness, right standing. He wants me in right standing in my heart with Jesus. And then he says of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because they go to my Father and you see me no more. And i got to st stop at verse 13. This is where we're going to end. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come. Listen. He will guide you into all the truth. I believe this is in every area of your life.
every area of our life. He will guide you on the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from the Father, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. I don't know you, I, I like to know things to come. He'll begin to warn me. He'll begin to, to, to guide me and lead me. See, guys, there's times in my life that I've, I've sensed him so strong in, in areas like go this way and go that way. And, and I don't know if you've ever really thought about this, but there's times in my life that I've been coming to work, and it's like the Holy Spirit warns me. And at first I'm like, I don't go that way. This is the way I go to work. And it's almost a gentle nudge, and I'm going to go this way. And so as I go this way, and, and some of this just happened in the last few days, if I would have gone the other way I went, there was a crazy wreck. And as I drove by it, I looked and I thought, was this why you warned me? He'll lead me into all the truth. But he can't lead me in the truth if I don't listen to him. It's kind of like if I called Raul every day, and every time I call Raul, he'd pick up the phone and hang it up. Pick it up, hang it up. Guess what? I'm going to quit calling him. You don't want to listen. See, that's what happens to the Holy Spirit. So what do we do, Pastor? Man, we repent of that, and we ask him to come back in and say, I need your help today. I need your... I'm, I'm over my head in life without your help. In every area of my life. How many of you right now got a weakness in your life? You say, man, I failed, I failed, I failed. There's times in my life as a husband, I thought, dang, I'm a sorry excuse for a husband. Holy Spirit, help me. You got to help me. You got to help me. And he'll begin to work on a stand up. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.